Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerdum. My name is Diz, and I am your pop culture and sports nerd, Ali. I am Ali, your classic nerd. And I'm V, your comic book nerd. All right, goddammit. This is take fucking five. <laughs> take been, five. We've been having a week. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't, you know? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to do this podcast when all three of us are, like, not in the same room. Mm, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not as easy. But it's, so, it's it's a testament to how much we care about this project that we still keep doing it. Yeah, fuckers, we love you guys. That's why we keep doing this shit. But it's 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 been hectic. Like I'm I'm fucking. One more thing happens, I'm gonna slaughter a bunch of younglings and shit. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Jesus! In 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 fairness, it, that would be about the level of development. <laughs> it would match the level of development that Lucas gave us. Wow, yeah. <laughs> To be honest, if it wasn't for the Clone Wars cartoon series or the animated series, mm-hmm. it, it literally wouldn't make sense. Like he goes from being normal to to killing and murdering babies in like a span yeah. of, like, of ten minutes. Now I don't want to bring this up, guys, but you know the, we could have made a joke about Diz's uh, nationality and you know the whole "I hate sand" you know line thing, but we're not gonna. I'm not gonna go and step over that. Okay, we're not gonna. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> there's two of us you ass yeah but you were the one that mentioned the anakin thing so you know i was gonna do that but we don't need to anymore <laughs> now, the reason we're bringing up uh star wars is because they just released their last trailer the final, the final trailer, trailer before it comes out and we were commenting on this i think it was v who said it the last time they dropped a trailer is that regardless of how you feel about the episodes and the, and the movies and whatnot the one thing that star wars does really well is nostalgia like they know how to get you hyped mm, and excited, yeah. just the the music drop, yeah. right? Like when you yeah. when it hits, you're just like, oh, that's yes, hell yes. Yeah. And we saw it, and I think we all texted each other and we talked about how amazing it was. Even though mm-hmm. I think all three of us were pretty critical of the last movie, uh, we didn't hate it the way that some nerds did. We didn't think it was the best Star Wars movie. It was in our favorite. And we were kind of over it. We're like, all right, we're ready to move on. We're not that. And it's like, we're not angry, but it's also like, we're not obsessed with Star Wars anymore. Trailer comes along. We're like, fuck, we're going to watch yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> December 26th, 22nd, hurry up. All of a sudden, we really revert back to when we're kids. Like, that's how good the trailer was. So what we're going to do is dedicate this entire episode. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode to breaking down what we saw in the trailer and some of our theories of what you can expect from Star Wars. Yeah. This is exciting. It's a moment in which we're we're going to you know the culmination of our childhood yeah. if you this will. This is everything that we've uh, that's it's built up to this point from you know the first time in the 90s, you know when I first start uh, when we, I think we all first watched a new hope. Yeah, we watched the remastered, right, the remastered version, yeah. right? And you remember going to Blockbuster Video and renting the VHS tapes oh, and shit, yeah. right? Like this is oh, yeah. this is the final certain, you know, this is the final part of it all. And you know, we've seen in this final trailer everything coming full circle. It's like even the planets, right? The style. So you know, there's like a Dagobah style planet. There's a you know, desert planet, you know, all this other stuff. And you know, there's even like in the beginning you kind of see that helmet that looks a lot like the speeder helmets from uh, you know, from when they're yeah. fighting uh, you know, in the in the was it the, the with the Ewoks, right? You know, and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is really, you know, I I've always been like, you know, 
Star Wars has always been a part of our lives, but we've always we've always been yeah. different nerd, like different Star Wars nerddoms, right? Or fandoms. Yes. Right. Very so Ali, whereas you're very much into like the styles of the force, the style of lightsaber battle, yeah. you know, all sorts of the Jedi. Exactly. Guy. You know, you're super into that whole trade federation thing, right? About, you know, how they wanted to trade their goods <laughs> and shit and all sorts of <laughs> bureaucracy, right? You know, like you know, <laughs> I was always into the side characters, right? As a kid, uh my yeah. you know, my books were always Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina and Tales of Bounty Hunters, like always the side characters. Yeah. You know, and one of the one of my favorite books of all time was like this one from the 90s. It was a Star Wars book that was basically breaking down the weapons and the ships and the characters. Yeah. Right. And this yeah. one you actually had, if I can just yeah. jump in, you actually had the book. So there was a, back when we were kids, there was all sorts of books on Star Wars, particularly because the original trilogy, uh, there was like a 10, 20 year, like 30 year gap almost between original and the prequel yeah. but in that time they released all sorts of books oh yeah some of the books mm -hmm. were like exp like exploring the expanded universe some of it were like novelizations and whatnot but some of it were encyclopedias and v i remember there was a time when we were in elementary school that we were collecting star wars encyclopedias yeah. there was a bunch of these dictionaries that would tell you the various creatures the various monsters the various people races ships etc and you had one book which was an illustrated book of the different ships yes absolutely and like for you D, &D nerds who aren't super into star wars think of it as almost like the the monster manual in D, &D yeah, right where yeah. it's like everything is kind of breaking down it has its own lore they kind of break everything in its, in its own category and you know i've always been a fan of the star wars ships and everything right and then uh you know in this one specifically and this is what really kind of you know we all have that tingle moment right and it's all different uh and depending on on, on who's watching it right i mean the the hit of the of the of the track and everything is always great but for me the point that made me go, oh, shit, I really need to watch this is that collection of of starships. Right. There's a point where, like, you know, the uh, the resistance, there's all these ships kind of coming, you know, to, to the, the, the empires back. You see all these old star destroyers, right, like breaking out of the ice and shit. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you see a collection of these ships that span across all these different Star Wars titles. Right. A lot of people post, you know, yeah. like basically. The, so there's a, a Twitter account, Admiral Mc nick 22 who basically broke down like all the ships that he saw and circled them you know on on yeah. on in the preview and like you're gonna see all sorts of like even uh you know uh, the the most famous one is the ghost from star wars rebels and it's also they said it's featured yeah. in rogue one right and that was uh you know and there's also uh, i think was it hera the 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 character who, who flies it who's a who's yeah, a, you yeah. know become like kind of a beloved character in the whole uh here was harris and dulla right like yeah. there's become a beloved character in the yeah. universe the twilight yeah. yeah you know there's that and then there's also you know you see the carillion corvettes and what's even more important like the moncala cruisers so you're gonna see you know the moncala mari oh, yeah. in there right and um you know for those of you who, who they released a uh, marvel released a, a mini series uh where ba that basically broke every you know that basically talked about everything that happened between the movies and the and the involvement of the Moncala is kind of the central theme of yeah. that comic book and it also we yeah, own the Moncala ended up becoming a weird fan favorite even oh, before yeah. the expanded universe right because admiral akbar's character yeah, yeah. Trap, right the Moncala the, in the, when they started to create the expanded universe much of which have been kind of uh you know eliminated with the disney retconning that's going mm. on right but what they did was that the monk the Moncala universe ended up becoming one of the most weird 
weird cult favorites of everyone, people expanding the Akbar lore. And so Disney had to in- reintroduce it. And they did so. You saw it in the Clone Wars first before anywhere yeah. else, where they had the whole Mon Cala, uh planet dealing with, like a Mon Calamari planet, uh, dealing in the Clone Wars, the fight with the Mon Cala and their neighbors, uh, the, the, the kind of young Admiral Akbar, all of that. So there's a seeing that ship is like a hearkening back to all these different series and also a bit to the kind of older expanded absolutely universe. and the thing is it's like you know you see like these these creatures that kind of come out that end up being you know more important than other ones right mon you know the mon calmari being one of them right the the wookies you know uh you know outside of chubat you know the wookies are played an important role the mandalorians played an important role and these are all side characters yeah. side races that became something and the introduction in the yeah. comic book and you also see him uh you know in a meeting is uh, aftab akbar which is admiral akbar's son Right. And then you yeah. see him with Lando Calrissian and Poe and they're almost in this circle area and they're like, I think they're just, you know, it's like almost just like in the in a new hope or whatever, yeah. where they're like discussing the final That's battle plan. Right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, is like one of the things that, that really stood out in that scene that you're pointing out is that uh, in previous Star Wars, we had seen ship battles before, but it's always been where you see the Rebel Alliance or the Resistance with only a handful of ships. Even when they did the massive assault on uh, the Star Destroyer, I mean, on on the Death Star in Return of the Jedi, there was what, maybe 20, 30 ships, right? It was always, the Rebel Alliance was always really kind of a ragtag kind of group. And even the Resistance, which is now technically supposed to be the main power base in in these new Mm -hmm. movies, right? It's, that's the main government, Mm-hmm. The first empire is the is sort of the, in the rebel position. They're the outliers, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. The main government is actually the resistance. Even then, we didn't see that many ships. There was a limitation. But, so seeing the just the sheer number of rebel slash resistance ships was well, kind generally of generally made a call. No, towards yeah. the end, yeah. So this was an interesting. Yeah. It was interesting to see this kind of configuration because it was almost like, in some ways, the kind of bringing together of all the elements of the old trilogy, the prequels, the Clone Wars, the Disney XD, Rebels, Rogue One, bringing all of them together and you see it yeah. in the ships. I think all this is like, yeah. like, everyone finally This is almost that. like their uh, Avengers Endgame moment for Star Wars, right? Where it's like yeah, everything that yeah. culminates in this moment. And, we're, and what's great is that, you know, you're seeing st- like the Hammerhead Cruiser, uh, you know, from Knights of the Old Republic is in here too. We'll be able to yeah. see. And I think really when you look at the term alliance, right? Like alliance in the original trilogy yeah. was a little bit harder to define because all you saw were X-Wings and B-Wings and Y-Wings. But in yeah. this one, it's yeah. like alliance yeah. means literally like everything, right? All the yeah, planet. yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. just, it's amazing. And this is really, I think this is kind of the best of of what the technology in the movies has is given us yeah. now, right? But it's not just the good oh, guys. No, is it? no. You see these classic Imperial ships, man. They're, they're like big class star oh, destroyers, yeah. right? Breaking out of the ice, you know. And uh, what's crazy is that, like, I was thinking about it. And, you know, the first thing I thought of is like those conspiracy theories about like the Nazis being frozen in Antarctica, right? Like, you know, oh, like, yeah. I was like, you know, like. But you know what is, what's fascinating is like when we were in elementary school, star destroyers in particular were some of I our favorites, uh, especially because they were relatively easy yeah. to draw. So you mm-hmm. could really draw Star Destroyers. It's just a big old flag. Yeah, I know, dry. really. It was like basically a Stussy. Only, it was like a Stussy, right? It was just like a flying Stussy. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there is this moment where you see, on one hand, you see the greatness of the technology, right? Because you see Star Destroyers as more than just distant ships, distant toys that are being floated around, Mm. right? But you see them now up close in this beautiful graphics, right? This great animation that's happening. But all of it's a hearkening of this kind of like, you have the culmination of the Alliance, but you also have the classic Imperial I know, and you can't. Yeah, yeah. Like as as much as the first... Order is, is you know a lar- badass and whatnot, and you can certainly see like the influences of the empire with the different types of uh, uh, what's it called uh, uh, stormtroopers. Yeah. But in reality, there's something about classic imperial star destroyers. You kind of look at it and you go, "Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, rem- I, I think it's 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 amazing. I, it's really it's and it's that thing where it's just there was something so much more intimidating about those about the star destroyers. I think in general. Um, you know, that's like, I, I don't know that the way that kind of cuts through and like how kind of big and bulky they are. Like there's yeah. almost like a, you know, like, whereas I, I noticed this in the, in, you know, the, the prequels. So like episode, uh, one through three, right. Where it's like the ships almost were too sleek, right. There was something that was like unintimidating yeah, yeah. about the ships. Right. And, but there's like, there's something about the, the, that. Yeah. It's that pretty. bulky, yeah, that bulky style that just makes it look so much more intimidating. Um, and it just, it yeah. gives you that, it gives you that like, yeah. oh, it just gives you kind of that, like, oh shit, things are going to go down kind of quality and feeling. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's like that scene where you see it breaking oh, out of the God, ice. Yeah. You just, oh man, is that menacing looking? And it's not even like, it's just a star. Yeah, destroyer, I know. Right. But it's like, yeah. a movie like oh shit, is that yeah. the Empire? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Man, you got me all excited now. It's that, annoying. That, Right, but that that particular scene too, I just, I just going to point out is that that moment where it's kind of the breaking yeah. of the ice, that it harkens to a theory that some people have had that the first order is really inspired by the empire, like a sort of the remnants that were still in the area, but that there may have been the empire itself may have had a cachet of its ships and and troops somewhere uh, else. Yeah. That there is the the deep, this the deep of space, right? This kind of unexplored area has been something that they've been playing around with with Star Wars a little bit. Palpatine has hinted at it, but then we saw a lot in Star Wars Rebels. This language of there's something out there in space, like outside of the outer mm. rim, right? Like really out there, outside of the known galaxy. And that something, in fact, even in the novelizations, they talked about how someone was calling Palpatine. And for the people who watched the new ones, they said, oh, well, maybe that was Snoke. Yeah. Right? But another theory was that what if a portion of the Empire went out there and it's been there the entire time? And so the breaking of the ice could possibly be them returning. Like now all the the first order makes it out their way, the resistance to go out, and all of a sudden, who do they find? Oh, fuck. The Empire's been there all along. Wow, see, that's... They've just been in the deep That'd be space. really interesting. It's almost like the uh, like the Japanese guys who were stuck on the island who still thought World War II was going on. You know? Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Well, what, what's, what harkens to that great samurai mythos, yeah. right? But also on the same level, it's perfectly reasonable in this type of sci-fi. We're dealing with not just planets. We're dealing with space, which is a completely different frontier yeah. of battle. If you can have that experience here on Earth, you better you you know you can have that experience in something That's like that. That's true. It's like endless, space. endless universes upon endless universes, right? You can never and the Empire is supposed to be this like huge governing body. Like, of course, like you know, it stands to reason that a lot of it would still exist in one way or another, right? 
And what's even better is like, you know, we were talked about, we talked about the ships and everything, but you know, the, the bounty hunters and the rogues are always kind of my favorite. And then, you know, they, they have the, uh, uh, Kimji, the snow planet, right. Uh, which is, which has the, 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 the thieves guild, the dregs of society, you know, and you also had the introduction of Carrie Russell's character and Zori bliss. And we don't know exactly what role she plays, but she's a friend of Poe's and, you know, and, even her armor kind of reminds me a little bit of what like what Leia wears in Return of the Jedi when she goes well, you yeah, know with yeah, the yeah. thermal detonator at Jabba's at Jabba's palace, right? There's like a certain quality mm-hmm. there too that kind of it harkens a little bit. It's not the same, but the something about the the helmet and the mask kind of harkens back to that scene for me a little bit, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. See, you guys are uh, bigger Star Wars fans than me, so like, I got into the game late and. While I while I like Star Wars a lot, it's not like my end all be all for where it is like for you guys. I think Star Wars was like the introduction to nerdum for you guys. Yeah, yeah absolutely, no? yeah, very much so. Yeah, see, so so like for me, like I got into it late. I never read any like the expanded universe. I didn't read any of the books, but like I remember being in fourth grade when the prequels came out. So for me, it's like a pop culture thing. So I remember like how big it was when it first came out. You know, so like my favorite characters from the original are the Ewoks because they remind me of me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, But like, I I like the main characters, right? Because that's, that's who stand out to me because that's, they have the most cultural impact, like, like in a, in a broad spect of like culture, you know? So like the, the Vaders, the, the Lukes, the Hans, the, the Leia's, those people stand out to me the most. And I'm really excited uh, seeing this trailer. Like I'm excited because like I saw Ray and it looked like she was like training. There was like a training probe there, which kind of reminded me of like Luke when he was yeah. doing like Jedi training, you know? So, so that like kind of brought me back to the originals there, like kind of thinking back to like when Luke was doing his Jedi training. Um, but like the biggest scene that stood out for me was it looked like they were on the, um, the second Death Star. Mm. And it looked like like Ray and um and Kylo Ren like met up there, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like going full circle from the first movie because in the first movie that's when the second Death Star was there, yeah. and it looked like it was the second Death Star that was destroyed, and like they're kind of just made their way back there for like where it all began. So it's like tying in the story, and I know J.J. Abrams did say that like this movie should be tying in all the other eight movies in the past, so it's kind of like it it gives you something for the originals, the prequels, and now the new trilogy. So like, I am really excited for that. Um, you know, like it's, th- that's the, that's the thing about, about Star Wars, right? Cause like I'm waiting to see what's going to happen like 15, 20 years down the line from now. Right. right. Cause like Leia's still a costume that like people wear, yeah. you know, like for Halloween or, they, they dress up as her. So like, I'm waiting to see if like Ray becomes that, that new, yeah. Like well, Leia, I see little kids, right? little kids dressing up as Ray all mm-hmm. the time. I think become yeah. the new Leia in some regards, um, an empowered female character that little girls can look up to and that everyone can look up to. To be real, um, and and that's kind of what's exciting about it, is that generation, like a whole new generation, is being inspired. Yeah, and that's that's the uh, that's the exciting part for me, right? It's just like waiting to see how this impacts society the way the uh, the originals did. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe like Qui-Gon Jinn had like a, a big impact from the prequels and like Mace Windu mm-hmm. and, and a little bit of Obi-Wan. Like Anakin didn't like people don't really care for Anakin, yeah, no. you know, like he was he was the worst part of those prequels. Um, Princess Amidala, she 
people dress up as her and stuff, but like, I don't, I don't know if that'll be like, I, I, she's not one of the big ones. Um, so like, I'm excited to see that. I do have some theories mm-hmm. for this movie yeah. though. All right. So my theories, like, like I always say, these are facts. All right. So spoiler alert, cause I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to tell you what happens right now in these yeah, movies. Right. All right. All right. So here's my theory. I think Snoke is still alive. Oh, all right. I think, I think he was working with Palpatine. All right. And Kylo to try to trick Ray into joining, um, you know, the, I was about to say the dark order, um, sure. but the, the first order. Um, yeah. So like, uh, I, I think, I think they were trying to trick her into joining, uh, the first order and they, they used like Kylo pretending to kill uh, Snoke as a way to, to get her to, to be more at ease with him. Um, and I think like, I'm pretty sure that they mentioned that like Palpatine will be back in this, uh, this new rise of Skywalker. Like, uh, they said they were going to, what was his name? Ian McKellen? No, Not Ian McKellen. Ian, yeah, Ian McDermott. They, they said he's like, they were going to, yeah. So he's built in it. So like, I I think they're, Palpatine will play a role. And I think Snoke and Palpatine are working together. Um, and, but here's my fear, right? While this is my theory, it's also my fear. I think they're going to use Ray as like a character arc to, for Kylo Ren's redemption. Mm. And that's like, I don't want her to, to be like just this prop yeah. for Kylo's redemption. Yeah. And that's my biggest fear from this movie. Cause it seems like it, right? Like you see, like you see some um, scenes where like, they look like they like were destroying something together. You know, like th- there was a lot of them mm-hmm. two together in, yeah. uh, in the well, trailer. I think that they were destroying Which, people are theorizing about that too. So like some people say mm-hmm. it's a droid. But because of the way it breaks apart that way, someone pointed out that maybe mm-hmm. it's a shrine, yeah. like uh, yeah. Darth Vader shrine, because where it looks like they're in uh, a Cloud City. Yeah, yeah. It mm-hmm. looks like they're in where Han becomes carbonated or put into carbon freeze. Yeah. Carbonated. <laughs> that soda <laughs> stream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> soda yeah. streamed him. <laughs> put him in carbon freeze. That's where Darth Vader was. That exact room, mm-hmm. in fact, looks like that. So then some people yeah. say there's a theory that the like in the same way that uh, the helmet of Darth Vader contains some kind of dark force power or influence, that some of these mm-hmm. dark force worshippers, if you will, or adepts or these individuals has created shrines for Darth Vader around the wow. place. And that might be one of them that they, they both destroy. Yeah. But like, th- so that would be cool. But like, I'm okay with Kylo getting some redemption, right? Kylo Ren getting some redemption in, in this mm-hmm. movie, but I don't want it to be at the expense of Rey, yeah. right? Like, I think she can stand alone as a character and be like our generation's yeah. Luke. That like, I don't want, I, but then again, Vader got his redemption yeah, through Luke possible. too. Huh? And they it, clearly in the trailer, they kind of show a mixed bag. There are moments where they're fighting very clearly, right? That shows a very powerful, two different uh, powerful lightsaber battles between these two. And uh-huh. then there's another instance where they look like they're working. Yeah. Together. Yeah. So they're, they yeah. look like they're, they're teasing that kind of tense relationship of will they, won't they, but through lightsabers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like, see, here's the thing, right? Mike, I think they're going to try to appease the fans, yeah. right? Well, because they want people to go home happy and people really like Adam driver. Like he's, he's a popular, I don't know why, but yeah. they do. No, but like even before Star yeah. Wars, people yeah, liked him. No. Like he was like this quirky, like weird guy, and like 
you know, fans really like them. So I think they're going to like try to make fans happy and do some like fan yeah. service and do something cool it's with possible. them. But like, there's, there, I go ahead. I don't know, man. I think, I think it'd be better for fans to let him be the big well, bad. We'll see. The, like, the problem is that he, he's a different bad guy than what we've dealt with in star Wars in the past. And mm-hmm. there is a risk here. Um, one, because we have, it seems like Palpatine has returned, or at the very least, his influence. Whatever plan this motherfucker put into motion all mm-hmm. those years ago, mm-hmm. we didn't even know that plan in the original trilogy. We only found out about it in the prequels, right? We knew that he was the big bad, but we didn't know how big of a bad yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the prequels, because we knew, like, okay, the Emperor is the bad guy. He's this really evil guy. We knew he was in charge of the Empire. But it wasn't until the prequels, like, oh, shit, not only is he the bad guy, but he's like, he's been the architect of all of yeah. this. The architect of it all. He's been fucking with life. He's been fucking with the Chosen One since before he was born. Like, all, we find all this stuff out, right? So on one end, we realize how big of a bad he is. This movie, if it's claiming to be the culmination of all of the series, then we're going to see the culmination of Palpatine's plan. Where did it all come to? It's got to be more than what happened. On one end, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm fine with Palpatine returning. Even though I'm a Jedi guy myself, I love the Jedi. For me, the thing that captured me the most about Star Wars, in the same way that for V, it was the bounty hunters and the ships and this kind of extended universe, for me, it was always the kind of religion aspect yeah. of it. The, the mythology, mm-hmm. the medieval mythology of it, of good versus evil, of light versus yeah. dark, of knights against evil warriors. That was what it was for me. So I love the Palpatine character. I'm like, great, bring him back. I'm not one of those guys that he reminds me the most wow. of these. You know, I'm a Jedi through and through. Kiss my ass. But one of the things about it is like, I'm like, look, if you want to, I'm not one of those guys like, oh, you have to be original. Go for it. Bring him back. If you can do something creative with him, great. The worry for me, though, is that in a desire to create a grand unifying theory, if you will, that it becomes too convenient, that it becomes too contrived. You're like, oh, come on. So for example, I don't think Snoke should return. I don't think Snoke survived. That's just too silly. Yeah, yeah. Right? We saw him get cut in half. If he survived, you're going to have to cut. We got to really bend do some mental gymnastics for him to survive. Even with Palpatine. Well, then Darth Maul comes back. Darth Maul does come back, but it, like they, they, they really had to work at it, and it wasn't done in one episode. It was done over several episodes. Can you do that's that? Fair. Can you do that in one movie? I'm not sure. Even with the return of Palpatine, maybe he returns as a disembodied voice or as an influence or like Vader as a sort of dark relic, like a, like a negative presence, right? Or if he does, he's got to come back broken and disfigured and maybe even spider-like, like Darth Maul was. There is a theory that some people have put forth because we do see the throne room, right? The old Palpatine throne room in which Luke gets tested. That what we see is a that is likely is a culmination of the Skywalker destiny. That we find out that Rey is actually Palpatine's creation, either not his direct daughter, but certainly created or influenced by him, which is why she's so powerful mm. and why she seems so familiar to anyone. In that instance, the redemption arc is Adam Driver's character as a Skywalker killing the child of Palpatine. Yeah. Therefore, bringing balance to the Force once more. Hmm, That's the redemption arc that we're going to see. That at the end, the Skywalker, it's again, it's literally Return of the Jedi, but with a nice twist to it, right? Mm-hmm. He's not, they're not killing Vader, you're killing Rey. That's what brings balance to the Force, and that's the redemption. 
that's interesting. I don't want that to happen. Like you, I think that makes Ray into a foil for Adam Driver's character, for Kylo Ren. That's- I don't want Kylo Ren to be the central character. I don't want him to be the main guy. Yeah. I want this to be a story of Ray. And also, but there's a tension here. You've got to recognize that if you don't make Ray a Skywalker, then this isn't the Skywalker saga. Right? That mm-hmm. was the reason why people pushed back against Last uh, Jedi. Because mm-hmm. they said, oh, she's not a Skywalker. She's not even a Kenobi. She's nothing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The purpose of the, the of the Star Wars series is it's a story of one family. It's the story of the Skywalkers. Yeah. So what? where does the Skywalker element come in here? That's Kylo Ren. Unless she's a secret Skywalker herself. So this is, the, this yeah, is where you've got to kind of really try to – this is where J.J. Abrams has got to really sort it out. If he goes the route of redeeming Kylo Ren and all this other stuff, and then he's made Ray into just a prop, and that's that's a that's a stupid that's, stupid way of writing a story. Well, that's yeah, that's a very Game of Thrones, you know, like that's like yeah. how they did to like totally. Danny in the last exactly. season of Game Making of Thrones, the chosen like, one, the the emo dude. The other component of this is Kylo yeah. Ren himself. I know what they're. I know why people like Kylo Ren, but I also think that Kylo Ren is an example of some of the weakness of the series. Even though he's a good character, I like Kylo Ren. I do. And I think Adam Driver's a really good actor. The big problem here with Kylo Ren's character is it tries too hard to be a complicated villain. Yeah. Now, we've talked about this in this in this episode before, is that we actually like antiheroes and we like complicated villains, right? We like that. But we think that there's, a, there's some type of correction is needed here because it's gone too far. Every character is an antihero. First of all, people don't even know what antihero means anymore. They've turned into this thing like, oh, bad guy, but a complicated bad guy. That's not an antihero. An antihero is still a hero. He just has questionable morals, mm-hmm. right? He's Roshark. Roshark is, 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 is a fucking oh, yeah, antihero. From Watchmen. Still, from yeah. Watchmen. He's still a hero. He just has questionable morals. That's what an antihero is. But in the desire to do this, like they're trying to create everyone as this complex Iago-esque character sociopathic with deep emotional issues but somehow you really like villains right everyone wants to fucking screw ted bundy nowadays we've we've entered in this weird world where i come from the world that goes you don't have to make your villains complicated as fun as it is to explore that side it's sometimes okay to just say this guy's a bad guy yeah I mean, this is what worked so well in the original trilogies. No one gave an explanation for the Emperor yeah, Palpatine. Yeah, he's just there. He's like, yeah, he's like the least explained bad guy. He's, he's a super bad who can shoot lightning and he controls the Empire. Yeah. It's like a Maleficent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just that. Yeah. He's evil for the sake of evil. And guess what? It works. Yeah, it works really well, actually. It just worked, yeah. right? You can do that. If you create a villain that is just unapologetically evil, this is why I wanted them to just play Apocalypse in the X-Men movies as Apocalypse, not this weird motivation. Like, don't do that. You don't need it. Yeah. I want them, if they're going to bring back Palpatine, then don't make Kylo Ren the big bad because he can't carry that type of story arc. He just can't. That emotional emo component of it doesn't make him scary enough for the big bad. And if you have half your population wanting to screw him, it doesn't work anymore. He's not a real menace. He's not, he's not, I'm sorry. He's not a real threat. If you want to fuck the bad boy, he's no longer the bad guy of the series. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Because even then, like, you don't always want a villain that you can identify with, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to identify with Palpatine. He's just a creepy, 
evil dude. That's what I want. And so this is what my hope here is that rather than do the kind of redemption arc thing, that they play Kylo Ren as emotionally complicated, but as a secondary neutral figure that is sometimes bad, situationally bad and situationally good. Then you can do it. He can be conflicted. He can flirt with Ray. He can hate Ray. He could do all of that because it's not all resting on him. Yeah. You've got Palpatine. If Palpatine's the big bad, then you can allow Ray the free, or you can allow Kylo Ren the freedom to explore all that. If, on the other hand, you make him the big bad, you don't have that wiggle room. It just does not work narratively. It just doesn't make any particular sense. So, for me, my theory is that. Palpatine's back, and what we're going to see is not just a culmination of the Skywalker saga, but a culmination of the Palpatine plot. Oh, wow. We're going to finally see it come to a conclusion. All his machinations for, you know, all these episodes, they're all going to somehow tie into something that he's been meddling with from behind the scenes. No, that actually makes sense. Right. And I would love to see that he's been alive this entire time, broken, but ruling with the force from the deeps of the space. And so just imagine the resistance, they're chasing the first order, right? They've got them on the run because all the ships have gathered together. They go into the deeps of space and just as they're closing in, that's when you see that fucking star destroyer break out of the ice. You're like, oh shit. Now you go, oh shit, it's not the first order we got to deal with. It's the empire, the original big bad. And who's running this shit? It's been Palpatine all along. Nice. That, I mean, you've got the nostalgia component. You've got that epic component. You've got a twist. I would love that. You don't have to make it too complicated. You don't need to outsmart your audience. That's the other thing. You try too hard. Right? Yeah. That's what I think Ryan Johnson did. He tried just too hard. Mm-hmm. Mellow out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's an opera. I know. You don't need it's like the story is pretty much written for you already. You just have to kind of fit the pieces exactly. in. And, you know, it's like I'm happy. It's, I love the idea of ending the Skywalker and also ending the Palpatine thing. It's almost like, yeah. you know, uh, in the sense that, like, if we no longer elect Clintons or Bushes to office, it's kind of the same thing, yeah. in my opinion. Right. Where it's like you're basically cutting yeah. off that cutting off the, the the dynasty now and then you're starting fresh but it's yeah. like finally the end of things that we knew from our childhood up until this point yeah right yeah i couldn't agree yeah. more couldn't agree more uh, we should mention also that in the in the uh, trailer there was one particular scene that i think hit everyone kind of emotionally and it was c3po actually yeah yeah uh it was a yeah. moment where he looked like he was plugged into something and it seemed to be the end of 3po from what it looked like uh-huh. and there was a moment where he paused and he was looking around and he was asked by Poe he's like what are you doing 3PO and he said uh, taking one last look at my friends sir yeah and it was just that was like the yeah. gut punch because that was all of us it was like that line was written in there for us this is our last look at all our old friends at all the people we've kind of looked up to the stories that we've enjoyed and our last chance to really kind of look around so I think that that was a really powerful ending and goodbye this moment of saying we might say goodbye to Leia, we know that she's going to get a send off here. That hug with Ray, yeah, hit us all in the yeah, yeah. Miss Carrie Fisher, that moment with three PO says the last look, like all of that. There's this component of like, ah, oh, this is it. Yeah. We've been sitting with this story for good or ill, happy or angry. You know, we've had a rocky relationship. It's not been the best of marriages, mm-hmm. but now it's coming to a conclusion. No. We're not experiencing, it. and I think three PO is kind of the perfect. Uh, uh, vehicle for that because you grow up with three PO. Yeah, yeah. V talks about this is that when we were growing up, you don't really like three PO a lot. Yeah, 
everyone is the R2D2, mm-hmm. but as you age, you gr- you learn to appreciate the C3PO way Honestly, more. like he has There's no emotion in his face, and yet the way that he turns and looks at things, the way that he does, for whatever reason, <laughs> is fucking genius. It kills yeah. You. Yeah. And you end up like you you start off like in your young age, not liking 3PO, but by the time you're in like your late twenties, like I fucking love C3PO because he's you. Yeah. He's kind of confused. He's yeah. flabbergasted. He's always a little bit <laughs> excited. He's always a little at his wit's end. And you just end up loving the guy. His sense of humor really grows on you. So I do think he's yeah. a, so in many ways a perfect vehicle for the end of that. I have a, th- or the sense I have a theory that 3PO is going to sacrifice himself. He's going to upload himself into the cloud and he's going to destroy 4chan. And that's the reason why yeah that's the that's the reason why they're gonna they're gonna send him off and they're gonna he's gonna do something for the good of society obviously yeah i'm a, i'm i'm a big believer that there's there's gonna be a lot of send-ups i'm hoping that they're gonna have it like avengers endgame yeah that it's gonna have a nice that there's gonna be some bittersweet moments that will lose some people leia c3po mm-hmm. we've already lost luke fucking pieces of yeah. shit right like Although, I, he I confirmed that he's gonna force ghost in the in this movie yeah. yeah, so I hear. I would have been okay if he had been, if he died in this one, but I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so like, we're clearly going to have some bittersweet moments, uh, but definitely also, uh, I think that hopefully it'll be a satisfactory end. that We'll walk away going, yeah, that was worth it. That was worth decades of our life. Yeah. That was worth following this story. We made it. We made it. Well, we'll see. December 22nd, only yeah. two months yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I can't, I can't believe we... Uh, uh, we survived. Here. <laughs> we survived. We survived. We made it. We made it. <laughs> the end of an era. All right. Let's end it uh, here. We gave our theories. Anyone have any final things to say? Or are we good? Honestly, like, what else can what else can you really yeah, say about I'm... it? You yeah. know, other than we're all very excited. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, go check out that comic too. Yeah. You know, if you're really into this, uh, you know, the uh, Star Wars Allegiance miniseries by Marvel Comics, like four issues, and really, it's kind of yeah. one of the it's the best way of kind of. Uh, you know, putting together everything that happened in the previous movie and then connecting with the new one. Yeah. And that's one of the good things about the Star Wars franchises. As as much as this Skywalker saga is coming to an end, there are still novels, comic books, prequels, uh, miniseries that exist out there that'll still help us explore the sort of universe. But I think for a lot of us, this is what we've been looking for, that kind of final moment of going, all right, we can put the story down now. It's bittersweet. It's like a book coming to an end. You don't want it to end, but you're also like, all right, I've come to this moment. Anyways, that's it for us today. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. It's a little bit shorter one, but let us know what your thoughts are about the trailer and about Star Wars. What are you looking forward to? Is there any theories that you have? If so, shoot it to us via social media and we'll give you a shout out on our podcast. Diz will let you know how you can do that. Yes, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash currently nerdy, Twitter at currently nerdy, Instagram at currently nerdy, Tumblr, currently nerdy.tumblr.com. Um, we're on YouTube, youtube.com slash currently nerdy. Uh, we're on the Google play music app. We're on Stitcher and we're also on the iTunes podcast app. So make sure you, uh, subscribe to us. If you're, if you're not already subscribed, subscribe, give us a five-star rating. If you haven't give us a review, um, again, like I tell you every week, if you know, make one of your friends listen to currently nerdy, you're not a true friend until you expose one of your friends. The word currently nerdy. here is the key uh, word. <laughs> Yeah, you have to expose them to us. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us individually, you can. V, how can I get a hold of you? Uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at VTran214. That's V-Y-T-R-A-N-214 on my website, thesandwichslayer.com. Elite. 
You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at A-A-O-L-O-M-I. I just released another Twitter thread about the djinn. Uh, this has been the month of the djinn that we've been kind of covering them. So if you're interested in djinn queens and female djinn, go and check that out. I actually just got retweeted by Neil Gaiman, so I had a fanboy That's moment awesome. there. Uh, it was just kind of exciting. Um, I was also just interviewed for another podcast called See Something, uh, Say Something, which is a very popular uh, podcast in the sort of Muslim podcast world and Twitter sphere. Uh, and I talked about the tribes of the jinn. I joined Ahmad Akbar Ali Akbar. It was really fun to discuss with him. Uh, go and check that out. See something, say something podcast. And uh, you can also follow him on Twitter at Rad Brown Dads. Uh, or you can follow me on our sister podcast, Head on History. Diz. You can find me everywhere at Dizbullah, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H. That's Twitter, Instagram, um, Xbox Live, all that stuff. I'm also on the Currently Nerdy Sports Podcast. It's not up on iTunes yet, but for the time being, you could find it at SoundCloud.com slash Currently Nerdy. So if you need fantasy football advice and just want to hear some dudes talk about sports, listen to the Currently Nerdy Sports Podcast. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. And remember, stay smart, sexy. All hail the Currently Nerdy Empire.